Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. And it's that time again. We're back on the things we say. Yes, we are. And I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And there is a new opening segment. Yes. My wife does not like the new opening segment. Oh, she doesn't? That makes no. me sad. No, she's, she liked the gripe fest that was things we don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> well, it may come back. You know, you never know. Just got to experiment with it. it. I, I would like to say that we figured the world out. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, don't, we, no, we no longer don't yeah. understand it. We anything. understand it all. We may not like it, but we understand it yes. all. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now we've moved on to random facts of knowledge. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, which we are calling, uh, did you know? Did Correct? you know? Did you know? So mine is uh, coming from my, uh, I'm, I'm realizing I'm much more of a cine, cinephile than, uh, than Sheldon is. We've, I still don't like that word. I know you don't, but it's what it is. It's the word. Just, is there we a gotta, buzzing in my ear? I feel like I have a buzzing. I don't hear a buzzing. But do you okay. hear a buzzing? Nope. It was static. Okay. Good. I may not have had something plugged in. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, we've been posting some really bad Instagram yes, stories. Yes, but we're figuring it out. Like grandpa's yes, with like iPhones. Yes, like grandpa's with iPhones. Well, except you don't have an iPhone. I did, and I loved it dearly. Yeah, and now you have not an iPhone, and it's sad. Anyway. For work. Yes, for work. <laughs> A mandatory not an iPhone. Anyway, so, uh, but I'm realizing I, I am much more into that kind of stuff than Sheldon is. I mean. Into film. Into film, yes. Please don't yes. say cinephile. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But. Either way, that is that is a big degree of separation. We agree on a lot of things. This is not one that we're even in the ballpark of together in terms of uh, love of film and obsession with film. Um, but mine today comes from the world of film. Uh, my did you know? Oh, what was that? You just made a you made a. a no, I was getting okay, excited okay. about what you're about to All tell right, me. So here we go. So my did you know concerns the Indiana Jones films. That and I turned my monitor up, and okay, now you sound okay. much better in my ear. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Uh, my Did You Know uh, concerns the Indiana Jones set of films. Did you know that Harrison Ford was not the original casting of Indiana Jones? No. Yes. He was brought in after uh, they had cast Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones. He had, I mean, everything had gone through. They had sh- started sh- uh, shooting test footage, like all, the whole deal. And... Because he was in contract for the TV show Magnum P.I., oh. CBS came back and said, no, you can't have him. We've already got him under contract. And uh, they said, well, we're going to start filming, so you can't, he can't have the time to go do this film, do the Raiders film. And uh, as it turns out, they had actually delayed filming by about a year and a half, so he could have done the Raiders film and done Magnum P.I. But part of the did you know is after seeing some of the test footage, which you can find online, they're very small clips, but you can find some of it. Of Selleck? Of Selleck as Indiana Jones. I actually think he would have been a better Indiana Jones than Harrison Ford. That's a pretty big deal it's, for and, a Star Wars fan. And, and someone who loves Indiana Jones. I actually probably like the Indiana Jones series even better than Star Wars. Uh, that appealed to me much more as a kid. Wow. Uh, but 
Um, yeah, so Tom Selleck was the original choice, and his mustache were the original choice uh, for Indiana Jones. And Here uh, I thought I was getting to know you by watching <laughs> Star Wars, and here I should have been watching Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is, is probably one of my favorite uh, cinema heroes. Batman is probably actually above him, but, but he's probably Which Batman? Um, Batman in general. I've just, I love the idea of Batman, always have. Um, as a little kid, I loved the, you know, the Adam West version because I didn't realize it was ridiculous, you know. Um, but, you know, I remember watching the, the Tim Burton ones, you know, in the 90s, and I thought those were great. And, uh, of course, I loved the, the Batman Begins series. Yeah. Um, other, even Christopher though the, Nolan. Yeah, even though the third film was a little disappointing for me, uh, there were reasons for that that were beyond people's control, obviously. But anyway. Was that's that the my... one with Bane? <coughs> yes, it was with Bane. Oh, I there enjoyed were, that. Yeah, but there were some editing issues that bothered me. Ah. Uh, some continuity issues with the with the script that yeah, I didn't like the ending very well. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were several things I was just like, eh, you, you kind of phoned that in a little bit, but anyway, <laughs> I think he was moved on to interstellar by that time. So we'll, we'll forgive Christopher Nolan. He continues, Fantastic. he continues to make great films. One, which I have not seen oddly enough. Interstellar. I know I've, I've heard fabulous things about it and I just, I just keep not watching it. Um, which is sad, but anyway, so yeah, that's my so thing. So I've watched something that you haven't. You have. There we go. You have. But yeah, that's my, uh, that's my, did you know, did you know Tom Selleck was the original Indiana Jones? And side note that I think he should have been Indiana Jones. Um, and I can get I into explaining that. that sometime later. But anyway, there it is. There it is. Today, we are discussing what I'm sure all of you have <laughs> heard, at least in passing, from uh, Nike, their commercial. Yes. With Colin Kaepernick. And I was just pulling it up on my phone because I had it up here all prepped for the show that we were going to play a clip of it. And Nate hasn't watched it yet. so I didn't actually even know there was a video until just these past two days. I thought it was just his face looking like electrocuted Marv from uh, Home Alone. Oh, boy. To, <laughs> I, I thought it was just that uh, and, and the tagline that is there, uh, believe in something. Even if it, uh, even if what is it? Even if you sacrifice everything, or if you have to even, sacrifice yeah, even everything, even if it costs you everything, yeah. Or but I think sac- like that. I know sacrifice. Sacrifice is everything. But th- that was all I had initially seen. I thought that was the only like initial getting it out there. So I uh, this will be a first experience for me okay. listening to this. I here I'm we not... go. I'm gonna try and get this as close to my mic and see if it'll do anything. All right. So yeah, you'll be able to hear. Here we go. Yeah, let me see. If people say your dreams are crazy. Laugh at what you think you can do. Good. Because calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest in your school. Be the fastest ever. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Believe in something. Even if it means sacrificing everything. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football, play it. And if you're a girl from Compton, become the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, that's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. And says it's only crazy until you do it, just do it, Nike. Yeah, I didn't think it was a terrible ad. But what you were talking about is 
the memes that have been going around where well, I've just I've been enjoying the mileage that's been coming out of this because I think some of the memes unrelated to the controversy of that I just think they're hilarious. There have been yeah. some really funny ones that I've liked. But again, I don't really have a dog in this fight. Like I don't what, get What was I, what was the original photo? Yeah, yeah, let it me see. It said something about um It just was that last believe in something, believe in something. even if it means sacrificing everything and yes. it has his face. Yes. And and I have a problem with that tagline completely unrelated to the actual controversy that's going on, which okay. we can maybe talk about that a little bit later. Because uh, there's a lot about this that I am, as we talked about before, I'm not a massive football fan, and I have legitimate reasons for that. You know, I refer to that in our, our podcast about football and my rebuttal to, to Sheldon. Yeah. So I have, like, legitimate reasons. It's not like I don't like the sport or I'm uninterested in the sport. Um, but I, I am definitely not a 49ers fan, so I did not follow anything other than I watched when Cap was in the the Super Bowl. I wanted okay. I wanted the Niners to win because I was like, this is a great story. This is a lot of fun. And I had no dog in the fight. It wasn't like the Browns were playing or one like my what were at one point my Colts were playing. Like I, I had no dog. It was just like, yeah, let's just kind of see where this goes. Um and then I, I I remember it was it was like I saw a lot of him and then suddenly I saw none of him. Until suddenly I saw a lot of him again for things that had nothing to do with football. So there's like this weird black hole in Kaepernick's NFL career that I know nothing about. Now, Sheldon being a massive 49ers fan on top of, I would say he's more of a Niners fan than he's even a football fan as much That's as he true. Okay, good, good. I'm glad I'm accurate yes. on that. So he obviously is, is intimately acquainted with all the details of what ha- have happened there. And so I'm really curious. So I'm going to kind of give my impression of what happened in, in Kaepernick's career arc. Okay. And then I'm going to have Sheldon give me the informed view of what yeah. actually happened. Because mine is, mine is based on cursory knowledge of news reports and write-ups that I've tried. I mean, it is impossible to Google, I feel like, actual information that is accurate about where this man is because it's, it's become so political and so yeah. politicized. So basically here's my impression is that he, he was, he was initially a backup for somebody and they went down with Alex an injury. Smith. Yeah. Yep. And he went down with an injury. He came in and just was lighting up the league. I mean, nobody could touch him. Nobody could figure him out. He was just lighting it up. Not right away, but right. he really did come he, into he showed his own. enough yes. by the end of that season he showed enough of his medal that you're like okay we're going to we're going to start this guy like this is going to be the guy so is that the year that they went to the super bowl or was that the next year that they went to the super bowl cuz that i actually don't know uh, they lost the conference title game that year that they, year. it was 2011 they went 13 and 3 and lost the conference title okay and then the following year they the were following in the super year bowl. they went 11 and 4 and 1 an unsatisfying tie against the Rams, 11-4-1, and lost the Super Bowl. Okay. And <laughs> that was with Kaepernick pretty much the entire season. Yeah. And remind me, who did they play that year? Uh, the Ravens. That's right. That's Harbaugh, right. it was the Harbaugh. Yeah. They and it played was, twice it was, that year. It was Ray Lewis last uh, Yeah, the last NFL game. gifted Ray Lewis a Super Bowl. Oh, well, anyway. <clears throat> and again, to I kinda, save his tarnished legacy yeah. and to get him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I did joke a lot about rooting for the Browns during that because the Baltimore Ravens are the actual Browns. Which the we Niners' discussed. best team was the one that <laughs> lost uh, the next season to the Seahawks in the conference yes. title game. Yeah, 
That was their best team, 12 and 4. Uh, they lost to Seahawks. So, and then after that, they went 8 and 8, 5 and 11, 2 and 14. Right. Kept getting worse. Yes. And so, my impression of what happened was is that as happens so often in professional sports, somebody comes on the scene and nobody's figured him out. They haven't watched enough film on him. They haven't had enough experience with him that he can just tear through anything. And then as the league starts to adjust to him, he starts to kind of collapse under the weight of his own game without being able to adjust. This is my impression of what happened with Kaepernick. As time was going on, it wasn't that he wasn't good. It wasn't that he didn't have skills or that he was just a flash in the pan. It was that the league adjusted to him. And from what I've seen in the numbers, he was not able to then turn and adjust to the league. Um, And as a result, ended up as the third string, correct, quarterback. No. Never the third string. He was just second, just the backup. Okay. So the backup quarterback then. Of the 49ers before finally being... During the preseason. During the preseason, okay. Which is when the whole anthem thing started. Um, yeah. And then within, what was it, within that, within that season or within another season, he was, he was off, the, off the Niners? Was that, was that it or was so he... So 2011, he appeared in three games. 2012, played in 13. He took over for Alex Smith in 2012. Yeah. 2013, all 16. 2014, all 16. In 2015, he played in nine of them. In 2016, he played in 12. Okay, and what were their records in those games that he played? Uh, 2015, when he appeared in nine of them, he got injured. 2016, he appeared in 12 because he was coming back from an injury. Uh-huh. Um, 2015 was when they were in 5-11, and then... Nine games he appeared when they were uh, two and fourteen. But I'm saying, how many? How many of the of the nine games that he appeared in did they win or lose? Um, Are you sure? That do I'm you, not do you have sure. That? That's what I can't I, I find. Know, I know they didn't win much after he left. Right. After he was no no longer a quarterback. Right. There. Right. But anyway, so, so so my impression is that there is reason beyond the controversy of the anthem protest that Kaepernick has not been all that sought after. Okay. In and 2016, <clears throat> let no. me just give you the yeah, stats. Yeah. In 12 games in 2016, he was over 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And he was on a really bad team with no one that was catching the ball at all. Okay. I mean, nobody of, of note that was catching the ball for yeah. him at all. Uh, in, in the 2014 season, which was probably their best team where they lost to the Seahawks in the title game, that season he I, – I mean, it was either 2014 or 2013 when he beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Yeah. Like went into Foxborough and beat them. Yeah. And, and beat them with like Randy Moss and guys that – you know, Randy Moss even then was still good, but he was old. Yeah. And – Kaepernick, the misnomer is that people say that the league caught up to him. If that was true, the league would have caught up to him in year two. Not always. Or year one. Not always. But again, I'm saying that as a, I'm saying that partly. Don Capers uh, is one of the most well-regarded defensive minds in the NFL, and he could not figure out Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick set the, and it will never be broken. The rushing yards by a quarterback in a playoff game will never, ever be broken. 
he has like almost 150 rushing yards or more. It was against the it was against the Packers. Yeah, and he just tore him up. I posted it on Twitter this week. He just tore him up. Just ran away from everyone. Well, let me ask you that question then, though. If 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 the the primacy of his game at the peak of his powers in the NFL sure. had to do with his rushing yards, which would you say that was true? I mean, he could throw the ball without a doubt. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not. But but part of what his deal was that he could scramble and and rush for a lot of yardage. Correct. That, the thing with Kaepernick was that you had to cover both the both long, aspects. Well, no, you had to cover the deep ball, and you had. And you had to have a, uh, a linebacker watching him. Yeah. And oftentimes in Green Bay's scheme, their edge rushers like Clay Matthews, they would depend on their edge linebackers to really get to the quarterback. Okay. And then they were going to play like a zone defense over the top and kind of take away your deep receiving patterns that way. What Kaepernick would do would drop back, and if you covered up his receivers, he knew that he was getting pressure from the edges, and he would run up the gut yeah. all day long. On, which was what made him. Which is what made him so deadly. The Seahawks. The Seahawks had something a little different. Their power rush was on the inside. They would get a nice bull rush right up in your face, and their linebackers were playing lights out. Their linebackers and their safeties. So they'll man you up on the corners, okay. and the safeties will come up and enforce anything over the middle, and then your li- their linebackers were playing very, very well in the middle. Okay. And so they would force Kaepernick to roll out. They would, for- they would push him out of the pocket right up the middle, so he couldn't run a lot of times up the middle, and he had to they had to get creative with routes. Right. So my opinion, and I, the, I'm a guy going back to the very beginning. I liked Kaepernick when he was drafted out of Nevada. Right. I have his jersey that's not a Nike jersey. It's back from when they were still Reebok was still right. making football jerseys, and that was from his rookie season. Like he didn't even see the field, and I wanted his jersey. Like. I, I, I loved watching this, this kid in the preseason, and then once Alex Smith went down and he came in, I'm like, this is the guy. This has got to be the guy. And, you know, Harbaugh would go said his famous hot hand quote, we're going to go with whoever has the hot hand. Yeah. And that, that went back and forth and back and forth, and finally it's like it's got to be this kid. Like he's, he's too good to just sit him out and go with a guy that's your standard NFL run-of-the-mill quarterback. Yeah. And people say that he did what he did for publicity. This is a guy that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated running like crazy with the word holy with an exclamation point beside it. Like, holy crap. Like, this guy is good. And, like, Harbaugh and him were thought to be amazing. Yeah. As a Niners fan, there's a couple things that are frustrating about Harbaugh. Okay. And people are going to kill me for saying this because I, I loved Harbaugh. I loved everything about it because he coached exactly like a fan would coach with yeah. the same passion and the same like screaming at the refs and just like jubilance. Yeah. He, he, he coached with that level of jubilance, that, that level of suspicion of the media and all of it, like, it's exactly what a fan would do. Yeah. And we just, I, as, a, as a fan, I loved every yeah. part of that. The frustrating thing was watching his actual game mechanics. Okay. 
Harbaugh, and he still does this at Michigan, he has a complicated play calling system. It's bizarre. And with the Niners, it would go it would go from the offensive coordinator. The play call would get called from the offensive coordinator to Harbaugh's headset. Yeah. Harbaugh then had the opportunity to either change the play call or not, and then he calls it into the quarterback's helmet. The quarterback then communicates this long play call to everyone in the huddle, and then they run out and they call two plays. They call, yeah, they call two plays through that system. Yeah. He delivers two plays in the huddle. They go to the line, and then if they want to run the play, they'll let it roll and just go with it. If they want to run the second play, he has to go kill, 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 and then it can change the formation. And it can, yeah. They go to the second play. The disastrous part of this was, and at one point during Harbaugh's tenure, this went through the offensive coordinator to a quarterback's coach who called it into Harbaugh, who <laughs> called it into the quarterback, and the, and the mic cuts out in the quarterback's helmet with 15 seconds to go yeah. on the play clock. When it gets down to 15 seconds, the mic cuts out for competitive fairness, right. and you have to go with whatever you heard. Right. And so oftentimes his quarterbacks didn't get the whole play or the whole team didn't get the whole play. And either way, you weren't working with much clock. Right. And it made the whole thing look foolish. Yeah. It made your quarterback look like he didn't understand what was going on. But a lot of that is on Harbaugh. And it became so clear that this is an organizational and structural issue. The number of delay a game penalties that we would get was mind-numbing. It yeah. was so maddening watching. And... Harbaugh plays a ground and pound type system where he's going he's gonna to use up time of possession like crazy and all of his drives are going to take a long time to get right. done. And his whole thing is if the, our offense has the ball, their offense is off the field. Yeah. And so we're going to limit their scoring by keeping the ball, by playing really hard-nosed defense, and then scoring our points as we can. The problem with that is, is it makes the whole game come down to one or two plays. Right. And if you don't, if you get an official that messes it up, or you get a quarterback that messes it up, or you get a defensive player that messes apart. it up, that's why Harbaugh's constantly losing it on the sidelines. Yeah. Is because that those couple plays have to go exactly right for the whole thing to work. Or you lose. Yeah. Now, what Kaepernick was doing in his prime was putting us up by two, three touchdowns, and then we, they that were playing worked. with joy. Yeah. The problem is when people are competing with you and have designs to try and take away what you do well, right. and then you're in a close battle, right. how, how, that's when a coach needs to be able to get more out of your team and adjust to what everybody else is doing. And it, to me, it was Harbaugh who did not adjust. Yeah. And we won't ever know because Harbaugh went 8-8 eight and eight and got fired for going 8-8 eight and eight in, his, in his season. Sorry, my brother was calling. That's all right. That's all right. He, was, he went 8-8 eight and eight in his season and got fired. Yeah. And then they, they hired an internal guy, Jim Tomsula, who is a defensive line coach and... Yeah, that was a disaster. That's that's the that's the season that you see was like five and eleven or yeah. something. No, was that Harbaugh that went five and eleven? He might have kept his job after eight and eight. I don't remember. No, he went he went eight and eight, got fired. Five and eleven was to Jim Tom Sula, 
where he had a really good team and got nothing out of them. And then they brought in Chip Kelly. That was the year that Kaepernick sat. Yeah. He had just gotten he had just gotten beat up really badly by um by like that whole Harbaugh thing and going through a really bad offense. Yeah. And his, some of his offensive linemen had left and he and the whole team kind of went through this transition where the whole team was gutted. Yeah. And he didn't have a lot of talent around him and he took some major hits. Right. He hurt his shoulder badly. Right, I remember that. And that was a year that was a year and a half removed from the Super Bowl. Yeah. So think about it this way. He lost the guy and Harbaugh put the team on his back, put the team on Kaepernick's back and said Let's go. You're it. our yeah. guy. And they had this tight connection. But when things really started to get rough in that 8-8 eight and eight season, that support started became kind of like a toxic – the whole thing became a toxic situation because Harbaugh would seem to blame the quarterback, blame the ownership. But really he wasn't adjusting his scheme yeah. to make, well, make things happen. Well, Okay, go, go, keep going. Okay, keep going. So, then, so then Harbaugh gets fired. Kaepernick now has to learn a brand-new system under a guy he doesn't trust, doesn't know right. that well, and it's a bad offensive scheme, and he gets pounded, he gets hit. All the while, his birth mom, they had brought her out of the woodwork during... They being the media. The media during the Super Bowl. Right, and I do remember that as well. And he told them repeatedly, I don't, I don't want this. Yeah. But they went and found her for an interview... At the Super Bowl, and yeah, it was a whole mess. Anyway, I do believe at that point it really got Kaepernick into looking back at his heritage. And for any adopted kid, at some point, that's going to just become a it's going to become a thing for you. And he was a young man; he was coming into his own. He wanted to know who he was going to be. And part of that was not only getting into his heritage on his mother's side, who was white, but also into his dad's side, who was black, who he hadn't met. Yeah, and didn't know much about it all, and he wanted to start learning more about his black culture, and and he had, he had already done some of that, but I think he really was getting in touch with that. The other thing that happened in between Jim Tom Sula getting fired and Chip Kelly getting hired, Kaepernick had major shoulder surgery that right. season. He became a vegan, which he is started, a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, it legitimately is I like know, if you get into the science be, of it to be an athlete at that level and to try and to be to a be vegan trying to recover is a really big from problem. From a major surgery, yeah. you have to be so careful. But he made some serious life changes and he, his dating life, he had just got a new girlfriend and um I believe she was a practicing Muslim, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, there's something like that like and he's been a Christian <clears throat> his entire life. Like all his tattoos Right, our, right. Our, uh, our Christian, their Bible verses and things like that. So he's exploring a lot of new ideas. Right. And there, there was a lot of, at the time, there was a lot of issues of police brutality going on. Right. And okay, but wait, before we get into this, before we get into this, because I feel like you've, you've touched on two things, because I'm, I'm wanting to, at this point, before we get into the actual protest, 
Um, you've I feel like you've led up well to how yeah. how he how he got to that place. It's probably boring for everybody, no, 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 but no. I think it, but I, I, think I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's good information. People pop in at the Super Bowl or they pop in in the playoffs exactly. and be like, "Oh, this kid's right. dying." Or they're just seeing things oh, on the scroll on the news. But here's but here's my thing. To, to, there, there are two aspects of this that, that I'm looking at. I'll say three aspects. There are three aspects of this that I'm looking at uh, that are kind of the trifectas that seem to always come into play with sure. a professional athlete, especially in a leadership position like a quarterback. So I can't think of a single person who has had longevity in the NFL as a rushing quarterback. Because they're all, I mean, look at RG3, you look at somebody like Tim Tebow, you look at even Kaepernick as he was, they're always getting injured. It's, it's these guys like Brady, it's these guys like Rodgers, it's these guys like Manning who know how to stay put and have the ability, of, and the team around them, the ability to stay put and actually be that, quote, traditional quarterback. They're the ones who last, okay? Yeah. So I think there's that part of it that, that, is a little bit against Kaepernick as the league is concerned, as as people looking to picking up, picking him up as a quarterback. So I think there's that aspect. I think there's also the aspect that when I'm saying the league figured him out, I'm not saying they figured out every aspect of his game because his game was multifaceted. But I, I feel like the league reacted and took away his ability to rush, and it happened to coincide with him having bad receivers. And so the they they didn't have to they didn't have to worry about his receivers anymore. All they had to do was keep him from running, yeah. which is when he got injured because that was what he was trying to go to. You know, so it's like I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing it from from that angle. Yeah. But then the third thing is the very thing you're talking about with all of the cultural exploration, the uh, exploration into his past, because that to me, right or wrong. I feel like to most people in a, in something like the NFL and something in that in that sports world, people look at that and say, "Okay, is this guy actually about what we're trying to bring him for, or is he getting distracted by all these other things? Is he is or or even is 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 his identity in crisis enough that it's it's going to affect him on field?" Well, on, and so on so, the other hand, <coughs> there was never anything else known about him other than he was the first guy into the facility and the last guy out like his work ethic has always been always been good yeah and and people would say oh he's a one read quarterback uh show me a jim harbaugh quarterback (laughs) that hasn't been like that because of the way the system is designed it and people have to understand how how crazy the harbaugh offensive system is him being a former quarterback, what he expected of his quarterback and what they were given was insane. Alex Smith was stressed out. And then you get Alex Smith in, in Andy Reid's system, who's a quarterback-friendly coach, Yeah, and he's doing just fine. Yeah, and, You know, he's relaxed, he's having yeah. fun, he's playing well with the Chiefs, you know. And I'm like, this this system and then Jim Tom Sula's system and then Chip Kelly's system, if you wanted a res- recipe for like messing with somebody's head yeah. and really stressing them out at work, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. It was it was and rough. that was and that was the biggest thing I remember hearing about Kaepernick before the whole anthem thing hit yeah. was talking about like the kid just doesn't seem to have it mentally 
for the long haul. But to be able he to, did. But that, but that was the thing. That was the narrative. That was what you kept hearing. Yeah. Whether it was commentators, you know, just kind of shaking their head at man, don't know what happened to him. That was that was what what you were hearing. I can easily pull up <laughs> plays, and there's whole threads on NinersNation.com about like, hey man, this guy's not a one read quarterback. Look, he looks here, he looks here, and yeah. boom, he finds his third receiver. He was doing the, all the things that people said he should have been doing. Yeah, but yeah, he just I he really lost that playing with joy. Yeah. One of one of the things that marked that Super Bowl run and even the year after was the way they just played with all out joy like that that team uh just had fun yeah and and you know the whole like Kaepernick kissing his biceps and all of that like they had a legitimate rocking time right and once adversity hit I don't think I don't think the coach was cut out for adversity I don't think the ownership of the team was cut out for it I don't think the front office I don't think even the cohesion amongst the players yeah. was cut out for it. And, you know, obviously yeah. maybe Kaepernick wasn't either. But when when his protest started, he was in the preseason. He was fighting for his job because he was still coming off an injury. He hadn't been able to participate in a lot of training camp. And they had another quarterback there who was penciled in as the starter. And Kaepernick was competing for a job in the preseason. Yeah. My whole thing is, if the NFL didn't televise the the anthem, if the players were not on the field for the anthem as they were up until 2009, you would have never seen Kaepernick sitting on the bench during the anthem. Right. Well, my one thing with that though is is to me a little bit like I get I get it I get when you say that, but that's kind of a straw man argument because it's it, it was it was there before Kaepernick was even in the league. Like that, that, sure. that way predated him being in the league. So, sure. so again, I, I'm with you cause that was not a thing for football up until that point and didn't matter. Um, and again, comparative to baseball, you know, baseball, that's tradition that you, that's part of it. That's part of going to the game. That's part of the whole experience. Um, so he wasn't I, the I get the only that. one that sat Marshawn Lynch sat too right. and well, nobody said anything. I think because nobody n- ever knew what to do with Marshawn Lynch at all. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch would he what was that? He ran the ball and like instead of spiking it or something, just ran off and like sat on the bench yeah. real fast. Yeah. You know, he's to get a away strange, from the rest. He's a strange duck, man. But but like there was plenty of other players that did this type of thing, but he was a lightning for some reason Kaepernick was the lightning rod for yeah. it. And even in his final season, putting up great stats on terrible teams. Like he still took Chip Kelly's system and did just fine. Yeah. You know? 16 touchdowns, four picks. Like, right. I'd but again, that. I look at that as like, was the damage just already done? I mean, both directions in that. I think that's really what that comes down to more than anything else. He's more talented than every backup quarterback in the league, bar but again, none. But that's... Bar none. But that, here's, I guess strength, here's, here's, my, here's my thing, though. The game knowledge. And, and, and that gets, that's what gets to the meme thing, where people are saying, you know... Uh, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. That that is really what happened to him. He did sacrifice something, and and everybody's like, oh well, you didn't sacrifice what military people did. No, but you that's didn't. An, but that's but, an irrelevant. But what, what, that's what an irrelevant have we comparison. sacrificed that's cost us millions right. of dollars? He had a hundred million dollar contract that got tore up in his face, right? Because he got but, cut. But 
But the thing I struggle with, and this is the part, again, I agree with you with all this other stuff. I don't think the protest has been what it was originally about. I have some issues with Cap doing what he did because of what was happening with people in power at that time and how they were looking into the very things he was trying to, quote, get them to look into or waiting until something happened. Something was happening. Department of Justice, President Obama were actively going after uh, investigation, pursuing those things. That I mean, it was happening before he started the before he started protesting. Which again, it you can still do that. That's not an issue. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, it gets into that whole thing of like, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Like you can just say, I think this is a problem. Like and and so I'm going to do this. Fine, but don't say. And until somebody does something about it, like you can't. Somebody, yeah, something was being done. It may not be what you wanted to see. There one, was, may have been one to be more. He was tired of seeing and more I, people and shot. I, and I get and that. More and I get that. Dying. I like, totally get that aspect. Now, one, but, the but one here's part my of his thing. protest that I really did not like yeah. was when he got caught wearing the, the, pig, the pig socks. socks. That, yeah. that, to me, I'm like, that didn't what help are you him. doing? That didn't and help the, him. The and Che, che T-shirts yeah. and all that. Like, and, and, and that's the thing is... I don't get that you have to promote communism. The part that I struggle with Kaepernick... And with that idea of sacrificing something, yeah, is he was already in decline and already in some trouble compared to being like the golden boy that he was initially. He had fallen from that status. And so when I look at, when I think about somebody who agreeing with them right or wrong, I, I think of somebody like Muhammad Ali, who was the heavyweight champion of the world and said, I will not go fight in Vietnam whether you revoke my boxing license and I go to prison or not. And they revoked his license, took away his title, and put him in jail. Like, a man at the height of his... I mean, that would be like LeBron James right now doing something that's going to cost him his career, that's going to land him in prison. Like, that is very different than my career's on the decline, I'm not really sure about all these other things in my life, and now I'm going to go after this. Yeah. Like, it, I don't like the false comparison there. I I I am with you. He I did. I don't think he he's did, comparing himself to that. He's not. Others are, and that's my struggle point. I I don't I don't know I don't know where his stance is on, on um, how he views himself in this whole in the whole narrative and the whole fight. I don't really understand because. Mostly He's it's been, been doing, so muddied by what everybody else has been saying about so it. So people blamed him a lot for not putting his money where his mouth is. Okay, you care about all these things. Why aren't you right. doing something about it? He did. He took a million dollars and he said, I'm going to, over the next little while, I'm going to distribute that million dollars to several different charities that are working on this issue. Right. He's done that. He's done the Know Your Rights camp, him and Eric Reed, right. uh, both guys that knelt um, and are out of the job out of jobs in the NFL. Eric Reed definitely should be playing in the NFL mm. without a doubt. His brother, Justin Reed is playing in the NFL came out of Stanford, but um, they have been doing a know your rights camp, which I love. Yeah. It's talking about, Hey, these are your constitutional rights. You should know them, right. Be able to talk about them. And they, they take black kids, underprivileged kids and, and teach them, Hey, you know, here are here here are your rights. When you get in these situations, you got to know your rights. You got to be able to stand, stand up for yourself. And, and I love, I love that. I mean, I don't know a lot about the know your rights camp. I'm sure there's probably something there that I would disagree with, but (laughs) because the, the politics probably don't line up with mine, but I, you know, study your rights, know them. That's great. Like I wish more people did when they got stopped in traffic, but that, you know, stuff like Philando Castile killed me. Yeah. 
like the Philando Castile murder, that was that was heartbreaking. Right. And like what happened to the guy in Texas, shot dead in his own apartment by a police officer. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what happened with apparently that. Apparently was banging on the door and saying, Open up, it's the police. Yeah. And then shoots the guy in his own apartment. Yeah. Like my my mind is just blown that this this kind have, of stuff happens. I have various narratives on that whole thing though that I, I won't get into because Philando Castile was crazy for anyone who is a concealed carry holder. Yeah. We all fear that exact thing happening. I'm a concealed carry holder. My gun is on me. Yeah. And I'm declaring that to you right now. What do you want me to do? Right. And then when you're told, you know, what yeah. to do, and then all of a sudden you get shot, like yeah. that is crazy. Well, and again, it's <sighs> And that yeah. kind of stuff was that that was there was a lot of stuff that happened right about that time that he started the protest. And so the protest had run its course. It had pretty much run the course of that whole right. season. And Kaepernick was out of a job and he was looking for another one. And he said, I if yeah, if I went back on a team, I feel like protesting during the anthem made the issue about the anthem and not what I was protesting about. If I had the choice today, I would not make it about the anthem. Right. I would, I would, and I would choose a different avenue to do what I did. And he right. said that he would not be kneeling if he got another NFL job. And people were like, oh, that's opportunistic. No, he actually realized <laughs> yeah. it was a bad well, idea. But again, it's... <laughs> because... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But he was consistent in it. And no, that, no question. So, okay, first he starts off by sitting, and then somebody told him, hey, that's disrespectful to the military. You can't be doing that. Think of this once again as, as a young kid who is uh, – he's a young man. He's still learning. No, without a doubt. He's still learning, like, a lot of these cultural contexts. You're like, he should know this. Based on what? There's a lot of – who who are the kids when you go to a game that are still wearing their hats during the anthem? Some of them don't know to take them off. Some of them should know, and they don't. And some of them get them knocked off for yeah. them and, and whatever else. But we all learn at different stages. Yeah. And he's like, I want to protest this. And I don't, you know, I don't feel like my country's treating black people very well. And I'm going to sit this one out. So he sits on the bench. And they're like, hey, uh, you do realize that's like disrespectful to the military and those that have served. And that's what we're remembering here. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, let me find a military guy and talk to him. So he sat down with Nate Boyer who's a Green Beret, and they talked about it. And Nate, Nate Boyer spent a whole day with him, and they talked about a respectful way to continue uh, raising awareness to the issue but still right. respecting and honoring the flag, and that was kneeling because Nate said that military members will do this for any number of different ceremonies where they'll kneel, kneel as a sign of honor and respect. Yeah. And, and uh, he said, you know, that would be a sign of respect and honor to the flag, and still be an act that in and of itself is a protest. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a non-offensive way to protest. Probably not. And I don't know that there should not be. That, not that it would be effective. No, and I don't and know so that it should be. I don't see the kneeling as disrespectful because of that. Yeah, and again, there's there are things that this narrative has become that annoy me too because I'm like, this is this is not... It's it's not a fight worth having, you know. It's just and people not. Are like oh, this is the, the yeah, kneelers, yeah. and I'm like, they're kneeling, like kneeling in honor is like, right, the greatest way to show right. honor. Right. I don't know. I, but again, going back to my thing with Kaepernick, I think one of the things that has annoyed me about the whole thing is that 
he went from being noticed and people being amazed by his talent as a football player. Yeah. To that diminishing. And now I would bet you I would bet you money there are people who don't even know that he was ever a quarterback in the NFL who know him by this protest and nothing else. They couldn't tell you the position. They like, oh yeah, he played for that one team that had some red and gold on their jersey. Like, it, it has become something. Well, he went other. to the Super Bowl, right. so, Which it, is the most watched, without a doubt. But he went to America. the Super Bowl in what what year? Uh, I don't know, 20, 2013, 2012? 2013, Yeah, I mean that's that's quite a few years ago. Yeah. Now, so so again, I'm. I think the part that irritates me that I that I get just like bristled by, is that he's become this iconic figure. Because his identity changed. Because in the midst of him going on this self-discovery, in the midst of him pulling away from who he had been to moving more to the left and more to what is, what is culturally considered to be someone having the black experience, as it's called in America, suddenly he started to become the media darling in that. Now, some media has been pummeling him for it, but there's also been a lot that has started to like elevate him over the media this, which knows, is not his the, fault. The media knows what divides us, without a doubt. And it's they, not. It's not his fault. It and I'm not. Time. And I'm not blaming him for that. But there's got to be a point where, if you have any self awareness, you start to realize that that's all you're becoming. You're starting to just become the, the, yeah, mascot of or, something that has nothing to do with you, and that is not even actually about you. And the next time the hotter things come out or if your situation suddenly resolves, nobody's going to care anymore. But when someone comes to you and says, use your platform I get it. to do something that matters. I get it. I like get it. Like you have a platform, do something with it that matters. Yeah. That's what he was being told. Yeah. And he saw a problem and he's like, I don't know what to do, but I have this platform. Yeah. And I'm going to try and do something with it. Did he make the right decision? I think he would tell you that no. He felt like it was counterproductive. <coughs> in the protest, and and he said that in interviews a couple of times. Like yeah. It was counterproductive to do it during the anthem. What what about the un, uh, kind of unrelated to this, but still related to Kaepernick? Obviously, what about the whole thing of of uh, of Elway? I think it was coming out and saying that they had offered him a contract that he turned down. Um, I haven't. Again, I've just I've heard that reference. That's it. I've not, I've not delved into it. And actually, I just heard it referenced this where week. The Broncos related offered to him related a contract. To yeah. I think, okay, so he wasn't necessarily cut from the 49ers. Okay. He opted out of his contract. Okay, thinking and he would be able to get something else on the open be, market. There would be something else, and basically the team was like, you're, you're not a, our starter right now. And, and you know, he, he saw it coming where – the team, the the contract that he signed was a hundred million dollar contract, but it was team friendly in that they could they could get out of it. Yeah, and renegotiate renegotiate it, and he realized he wasn't going to get that money, so he opted out to test the free agent market. Right, and that's when a lot of this came to a head, and yeah. Right. People had grown tired of it. And, and, and more than likely, he was being blackballed by the team because they didn't want to by see the him. Team, well, not, not necessarily the Niners' ownership because they support his protest. And no, but actually, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that he was going and looking elsewhere because yeah. that changes the relationship of everything. doesn't yeah. matter what your principles are. That's coming down to business and money and, uh, and winning. He and, basically and things wanted, change. He basically wanted to be traded. Yeah. 
and and to go somewhere where he would be valued and yeah and that didn't happen right and he claims that he there was league collusion to make that happen yeah which and the Broncos saying that they offered him a contract Elway is about as an NFL guy as you're going to get he'll do anything <laughs> to protect the shield and to protect his team and all of that yeah so to say that he offered him a contract it could have been league minimum could have been with the caveat that you're not going to be a starter, you know. But again, the way I see it is at the stage there where he had been, if you want to play in the league, you got to earn back your stripes, so to speak. I mean, you do. Yeah. That's just that's just the reality of it. That was that was one of the things that I thought was crazy about Tim Tebow is when he started getting some contract offers. It was like, but not to be a quarterback. He's like, well, no, I want to be a quarterback. I'm like, they want to make you a tight end. Yeah, try try something. You know, try something. If you want to be in the league, if that's your goal is to play in the league, then switch Still, it up we're and do on the outside looking. But again, in. that's we don't the thing too with me. Was... I'm saying this mostly as a baseball fan. Who you've got guys who's like, yeah, I pitched in college, but now I'm a center fielder. Like, baseball is way different than that. Like, you go to totally different skill sets once you get up into professional because yeah. the the amount of training that it takes to actually get to the major leagues is vast. I mean, you're going to get drafted and you're going to be down in the, in the minors for four or five, six, seven years before yeah. you ever even touch the grass on a major league ball field, uh, which is totally different from football or, or, or yeah. basketball. I mean, completely different. So, so my, my thinking on that is, is a little tainted by the fact that I'm mostly a baseball fan. So what was it about the <laughs> statement, believe in something? Yes. This is this is that one of the things you. that's interesting to me because and and I know there's argument over this but I'm I'm going with what I know I'm going with the facts that I know as opposed to everything else. Sure. And that is that statistically if you if you get into the whole deal a lot of what is being put forward by uh, the idea of 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 specifically uh, police violent encounters that result in death between African American males and police it is the the stats don't line up with what the narrative is at all um, in terms of violent altercations that result in death. It is much more skewed uh, towards uh, white males than it is anything else. And I don't think that's because there's a prejudice issue. I think that's just because men are stupid most of the time and get into the most trouble. I mean, that's just a reality. But um, it, it got me to thinking that that tagline, believe in something, even if you have to sacrifice everything. I have a problem with that, not because, like, I understand the sentiment, you know, like, you need to stand for something, you need to have something that is, but the problem is, is that it is not just, not all belief is equal. Not all belief is equal. Some belief is wrong. Some belief is, 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 is predicated on bad information. Some is on fact. So, so you can't just genericize and say, as long as you have belief, like you can't deify belief in and of itself. Okay, but they're an apparel company. They're not moralists. No, no, no. But, but, but I'm saying this to me goes to a larger culture issue. Uh, it's like when you hear the term people of faith. It's like, well, what faith? What is your faith in? Or do you have faith in faith? Is that your thing? Like the, the fact that it's all been so generalized to the point where... Yeah. Where a slogan like that, I think, I think you would have had that slogan 20 years ago. I wouldn't have thought anything of it because it would have had some automatic like, so, connective tissue to something normative and solid. Whereas now it's just believe whatever you want, but as long as you believe in it with all your heart, that's all that matters. And it's not. I mean, it's just not. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a very 
stupid, stupid statement to make, especially and in context me, of culture. I feel like it's something I can work with. Like you can't, you can't have Nike coming out and making a blatantly, blatantly Christian statement. They aren't going to do that. No, not so, at all. So if they say believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, I could do, I could do uh, a whole talk to the youth group about it just based on those words. That, that, that would not even be that hard. Right. Believe in something, even if it's sacrifice everything. Um, that is the whole, the whole thing about Christianity. We believe in sacrificing everything for right. the one thing. We have a whole parable about, you know, you, the guy that finds the pearl of great pi- price in a field, and he sells everything he has to go and buy that field. Right. And, and it's like, okay, that he finds a great treasure in the field, and he, and he hi- hides it again and goes... Yeah. Right. Anyway, you give up everything for the one thing that matters most. Right. Now, somebody that's doing that in an area of sports or doing that in, in another area, I feel like, okay, great. I mean, you might be living for something temporal. It's a thing of this world. It's not going to last forever. But your commitment and discipline and right. all of that is commendable. I mean, we're talking about it's producing something good. A lot of times if it's taken in a, a, a positive aspect, it, it's taken – it. It does a lot of good when people believe in something, when they when they sacrifice everything to move for that one right. thing and, and become dedicated to that one thing. I feel like that's something I can work with. And, like, and, I, and I get it's that. It's a commonality and that I'm, the church has right. now and with I'm, culture. But I'm, but I'm not looking. But, uh, see, so but it, does, it does, we but can't, it doesn't. We can't but here's, fight it. We have to. We, but, here's, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I get what you're saying. Totally understand it. Totally understand where you're coming from. My problem with it is, is that... We have now gotten to the point where belief itself is a justification as a means and an end, culturally. I'm not speaking That's specifically... That's what the Apostle Paul ran into. They had an altar to everything. They believed and, in everything, and he, even an altar and he to tried, an unknown and he God. Tri- and, he tried to, and he tried to redirect that. But he didn't call... He didn't burn the whole thing no, down. No, no. I'm not saying... He was like, I'm not saying that it should to be. this unknown God. But, but I you're, can work but with you're that. Missing, but you're missing the point of what I'm talking about here, I feel like. I'm not talking about... <laughs> we do this. We talk yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about the fact that belief is not a necessity of human life. I'm not... A, I'm, I think there is an aspect of belief that is absolutely vital to the human experience. Period. Yeah. In the in the g- most generic sense, I do believe that having purpose, having intentionality that you're living your life with, that is that is vital to to thriving as as a, a human on this on this planet. That is vital. But the problem is is that because uh, because of where culture has taken the idea of belief or has taken the idea of even faith, let's say. Well, we'll just abandon faith altogether, actually. We'll just go with belief. It's the idea that whatever you believe is fine for you. And it goes back to that whole thing of truth, your truth. Yeah. Well, no, there has to be some, some universals here. And you can't say to somebody, listen, your, your, your facts are completely wrong, but as long as you believe really, really hard and really believe in it, that's that's worth something, so and, it, and it doesn't like it. It's like people. It's so like I, I always hate the term progressive as well because it's like, well, what's progressive? Well, it's a person who's making progress, forward motion. Well, yeah, but if you're going the wrong direction, forward motion is not progress. 
Like you, the word does not just inherently have its own value. Like there's, there's got to be more information. Yeah, that progress comes in for with the sake it. of progress is not is progress not progress at all. exactly. And so again, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to slight Nike because Nike is just, I mean, for crying out loud, just do it is terrible advice. I mean, if you go with that uh, in yeah. every aspect of life. And so I'm not, I'm not knocking the slogan for the slogan sake or saying that Nike shouldn't have the slogan or whatever. But what I'm saying is, I'm looking at it in the, and through the actual window. The, the lens of what culture is now. And, and, you know, my cousin and I were just talking about this, the idea that the Overton window has moved, which the Overton window being the idea of there's this frame and there's things to the right side or not the right or left, but the, there are things that are outside the frame that are not considered, you know, normal. And then there are the things within the frame and you can get to the edges of the frame and it's still okay as long as you're still within the quote, Overton window, the frame. But the problem is now the entire frame has moved. The window has moved. And things that were never considered normal have become normal and have become everyday and become, have become things that we're constantly consuming. And so now it's changed the parameters. And so when I'm talking, when I'm seeing something like that, I'm looking in that greater lens of culture of like, this is deifying belief above reason. This is deifying belief above fact. This is deifying belief above, because that's what culture has become. But the... What you don't want is the reverse of that, where nobody believes in anything and everyone's apathetic and they don't surrender something to get to their goal. Without and a doubt. So we're just holding on to the things that make us comfortable in order to stay where we're comfortable. Yeah. I think I think the message is, hey, move move past your your comfortable space. And instead of just trying to be, you know, just marginally better than you are, yeah. strive to be the best. Well and, and so I'm like, okay, so <clears throat> you're telling people to strive yeah, and again, in, cont in, in context sphere. of the whole ad, like I said, I'm going from what I initially saw. In like context the of the whole ad, I get it. And it I, makes much more sense in the context of the ad, which I did not know existed. And what I don't like with the memes where they take Kaepernick's face out and they mess with the quote and say, you know, believe in something, even if it, yeah, you know, whatever. They, they change the wording and then they put the Nike thing yeah. at the bottom. Is that, to me, a, a part of that is... It's still about Kaepernick. It's still a little bit racist, in my opinion. Oh, I don't see how you like, can connect it, that it to becomes race. a. It's problematic because of the things that he stands for, and then you're going, you're going to take his face off the thing, put somebody else's face in, change the words that he narrated. But we do this with everything all the time. Like this know, is not a it, unique occurrence. I get it. But again, you're. This is one of those things where I look at you. I'm like, but you're invested in Cap because of all of this stuff as well. Like I, I understand. And I like the him majority. As a dude. The majority like, of where you're coming from is from a purely like you would take this stance regardless. But then you also have the mix of actually loving the guy as well, and yeah. and, and so so. Now I don't mind the taking taking. Taking a, a large American corporation on its lap of stupidity yeah. through the internet. Like, we do this to all kinds of different corporations that yeah. have ad campaigns that were like, eh, let's make fun of this one. And well, but, people but you're, do a good job of it. But you're illustrating, I feel like, part of the whole issue with Kaepernick in general is that everything is being reduced to something that it's not necessarily about. Like, the fact that you even just it said... It is about that. But the fact that you just said that... That oh well it's about well you can't reduce that that's to everything what he's because believing in but but again the whole thing is just I think most people saw that initial thing and they're like this is stupid and like we can run with this now again most people I think initially didn't know there was a video ad the video ad I don't think came out right away 
with it. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seemed to be because I didn't yeah. hear about it. So again, it's like the, this is just the internet trolling and being an inter- the internet. I mean, it's not sure. it's not any different. But we're but because there is investment for you, you're you're thinking through all the things we've talked about. And processing through all that, which is human. I mean, that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. To me, I think it is. I think it is. Not. I don't think that people in Kaepernick's circles that he runs in would be making fun of the ad. Yeah, probably not. But I think that's true of anything. Okay. Everybody who takes so themselves too seriously on anything. Who is it that's making fun of it and running with it? I'm saying there's undertones. I'm not saying it's overtly like racist just to do it. I'm saying there's undertones to the people that are doing it. It's people that don't like him because of what he stood for. And that's the whole argument. But again, you've made the argument that the whole anthem protest has become about something with Trump. And so people have sided with it because of something that has nothing to do with the original intention Trump anyway. Trump gas on a and very he did. small we've ta- fire. And we've talked he about that. He backed the tanker truck up to it. Right, and, and we've talked about that. But again, I'm, 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 I'm just so saying. So who's to blame? The spark or the, the guy that put all the explosive stuff on it? Yes. Yes is the answer oh, to man. that question. Always is the answer to that question. <laughs> um but again, you're. But I feel like that's the thing. It's like you can't you can't have that both ways because the the fact is the whole thing has become about something that it was never intended to be about initially. Which is why I wish Cap would kind of go away and do his thing on the side with this whole thing. What because, do you want him to do right now? Because well, no, no, I'm not saying that it, that he needs to like leave the public arena no, or do what, anything what like would that. Be, what, what would I don't be a know. Good, so, but, but what I'm saying is, what I'm to saying the is, that don't like Kaepernick. What do you want him to do right? But now? again, I don't have a problem with Cap. What I'm saying is. Even this yeah, whole thing. People do. That's even, why they're. I'm talking about me. I can't speak <laughs> for everybody else. But that's what I was addressing. And I get that. But even that, like, people are not a monolith. Like, people have different motivations for doing what they're doing. And trying to reduce anything to one reason is, is, is narrow. Like, you just can't do that. Even though you feel it sometimes, you just can't do that. And I say that as one who does that with a lot of things and then has to back up off of it. But again, my thing with him is like, he keeps going back to the avenues that are actually causing more controversy and not helping what he's trying to do. Um, and I don't know what I don't know what he should do, but it's 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 I just feel like he keeps repeating the same mistake to one degree or another. And plus the fact that who knows how much Nike paid him to be a part of this ad. Oh, they've been paying him. They they've been paying him a contract ever since he was in the league. So how is he sacrificing major things when he's probably making more off endorsements with Nike than he was with anything else? Like that's that's my whole thing. Is like this whole thing just feels so because he wants to play football and that's it, been taken away from which him. Which I get, but this whole thing just feels so manufactured to me. It's, I it get feels it. so. It just feels so drummed up on all sides and so ridiculous. And I do. Yep. I wish the whole thing would go away. I'm with you on that. But but I'm just like I, I'm just like you're just not you're not helping. Like that doesn't help your your cause or your situation. Like like it's just not. Like don't keep going and doing the same thing. Like find something else that works. You know, create a coalition with other people that are that are that have a voice. Like your LeBron James. Like you guys who will back you that are in other leagues that are huge, powerful figures and be like, let's get together and do something about this instead That's what of they've just been doing. I that 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 will be my question to the people that don't like the whole protest don't like anything associated with Kaepernick and like use his name like a byword what do you want the man to do at this point what can he do beyond what he's already done to try and heal stuff now like he's put his money where his mouth is he lost his job 
Yeah, you still got but, the endorsement. But, but thing. also, people but would not always see commercial. those things as entirely related. That's the problem. Is there's enough, there's enough other issues that are going on that have gone on that you cannot universally connect them all together. I yeah. believe you could, and that's the problem. Is 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 if this was a clear, I would totally be siding with him. If this was a clear thing of of absolute blackballing without any question, but there's a lot of there's a lot of gray and there's a lot of other stuff. And I'm like, you can't get into this whole he said, she said kind of thing that's going on and, and, and not have it just be a complete dumpster fire like it's been, you know? And so I think people would be less suspicious of Kaepernick had this whole thing gone down a little differently. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not blaming him for that. That is not his fault. If anything, I blame media for that. And, yeah, I, would, I agree with you. Trump threw, threw gasoline on something that was on its way out. Yeah. Um, but, again, this is the kind of culture war stuff he loves because he feels like he can win this kind of stuff. This is what helps him win with people. Good, bad, or stupid, whatever it may be. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't understand... In the same way that you want to say, what do you want him to do? I don't understand yeah. what he's doing anymore. Yeah, and and I will say I've been playing a little bit of devil's advocate all yeah. the way along. And there, I get that. There are things uh, with the protests. Like, I definitely would not have protested during the anthem. I don't think it's appropriate, you know. And I think he's come to that realization yeah. later on. Like, it, right. when the full weight of it was really felt, I think he came to that realization. I, I think that he's learning as he goes. He feels like this is a good... Which Next is not step. the time to make somebody an icon. I know. And, and, it, <laughs> and I feel bad for the guy because of that. I feel like he's being, he's being used and he doesn't realize it. And that bothers me. He that could bothers realize me. it and be a willing participant. And that's possible. I, I hope I not. I, it could be. I hope not. And again, but I'm not saying in terms of like, I, I and I'm not saying in terms that. of using his voice. Yeah. I'm not talking that kind of used. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm willing to get out there and be the, be the face yeah. of this, but... Like, hey, we'll make I, billions I, if this guy's the face of this kind of deal. I think real nature is being revealed. The idiots that are out there burning their Nikes oh, yeah. and, I, and all of that. I've never like, understood that. You, I mean, I understood. You are revealing something more about yourself than he is about himself. Yeah. I mean, he's basically given you a blank slate and you drew hateful yeah. messages all over it. Right. Great. Great. Good job. You know? <laughs> right. What What is it about this guy that just makes everybody so mad? Yeah. You know? I get it. I think there's an aspect of it, too, where people have a little bit of, and again, I think this is insane to do this with any person, but anytime somebody's idea of who somebody is is threatened, they freak out about it. I yeah. think everybody had an idea of what Colin Kaepernick was. They had the great story, oh, he was adopted and, you know, brought up in this family. Had this great, you know, he had this great story of, of who yeah. knows what his life could have been, but here's where he is. And then it all kind of changed. Like the whole narrative of who he was, his identity started to shift. And I think people get unrealistically nervous or un, un, unreasonably, sorry, nervous when that starts here's, to happen. Here's another thing I didn't bring up in the backstory of Kaepernick. When he first came in the league, there was some really terrible stuff said about him as far as the tattoos and stuff. Like somebody even was like, yeah, it looks like he's been in prison for a long time with all those <laughs> tattoos and stuff. And I'm like, they're Bible verses. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I will there, never understand the whole just, tattoo fad, fad that's gone on. There was on, a though. whole thing. Cam Newton was told when he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers was told that he was not supposed to get tattoos. Yeah. Because they wanted the image of the clean. Right. Like, 
that whole thing of like we want a clean black guy to be our quarterback and the whole like clean thing with Russell Wilson, that is there are some awfully racist underlying tones going on there. What yeah. is it about a, a, a tattooed guy of color that bothers people so badly? Like, and, See, and there I, was a lot of stuff that was said to him and about him and printed about him. Yeah, in his run up when he was famous, I don't think that it's, was. I don't think it's entirely. That's why he kissed his biceps yeah. because of I don't that think it's entirely exclusive to that though, because you think about guys like Birdman in, in the NBA, who's like neck to ankles tattooed and he got a lot of that same vibe now he was as wide as the walls that are in this room so he was literally about the best canvas you could possibly want to get those ridiculously stark colors but the stuff that was said about iverson was way worse well and that was a whole that was a whole nother thing because because like i said before iverson brought a whole aspect of culture that was that was subculture at the time and was not mainstream and that was that was shocking to the world let alone i mean there were players there were players in the NBA who loved hip hop culture and didn't know what to do with Iverson bringing it into the league. But what I I liked about but Cap, yeah, it's a strange Cap was thing the too. rebelling against that type of thing yeah. and like, hey, I'm not going to be labeled by this. I love right, my tattoos. Go ahead and say what you want to say without about a doubt. It. And and there was an article written that I really liked about, and it was called uh, Kaepernick's hair sees me, and it was talking about when he started growing his hair out into right. that big old afro that people see. And it was, he, he, as he was getting in touch with his culture, was like, you know what? My hair does something that your hair doesn't do. Yeah. And I'm going to let it do its thing. Yeah. And he, he stopped, you know, making it look white or like trying to fit it yeah. into the normative box and just let it be big and let it be beautiful and do its thing. And like, there was a lot of people that drew a sense of, a sense of, uh, an uh, like identifying and, and identity identify, yeah. from that saying you know what i'm i'm not going to go get my hair straightened i want to let it right. do its thing and right. I, I think empower that type of empowerment and some of that what he did for people in his culture is so awesome you know you're you're saying something interesting though and, and this is and he was rebelling against the norms that people were putting we're, in his way we're gonna this is gonna have to be a part two because we're we're over. We're way over. Yeah, we're way. We're actually we not can that rap. bad way over, but we need to. But this is one thing I would love to talk about, because you keep saying his culture, and I get it. I get what you're saying, and I've said this a lot today. But again, again this is going to be one of those things. But one of the things that's interesting to me is I, I when I think about culture, what is culture actually? Is culture what you're raised in? Is culture? I would say there's tons of different white cultures. There's tons of different with, black without a cultures. Doubt. So to my mind, I look at Cap and I'm like, to go from whatever to to claim, okay, this is my culture. Well, no, this is this is the culture that you have decided to to move into. Sure. Because what you were raised in, that is your actual culture. Good, bad, or ugly, that is your actual culture, and you can choose to what walk you were away raised from it. in or your genetics. What you were raised in. Because genetics, okay. because genetics is not even universal across the board. Like there are countries where, where hip hop culture is not a thing, and you don't see the same um, signs of it uh, in in in. And, and I forget, I had a specific example, but I can't think of it. You don't see the same signs of it uh, that you do in certain countries uh, in in African. Well, you can't say African American in black black culture there because it's not a thing. Hip hop culture is not a thing that's there, and so. To, to try to put some universality on it that goes with genetics, that gets complicated 
because it's not, it's not a monolith. It's not universal. And so to say he's discovering his culture, I would have to say, well, no, not really. What he's doing is he's, he's going to a particular subset or aspect of what is, I don't know, considered black culture, and he's embracing that, which is great. I don't have yeah. a problem with that. But I, I think it's interesting the way we've gotten into these sure. monolithic universes and all these things. But yeah, to different but yeah that's going to get into a whole different subject. But you've used that phrase several times, so I want to at least mention yeah. it because I, I would feel love like to talk about culture I could have phrased some things point. poorly throughout this. <laughs> no, but, but I, you know. I think it's good, though, because, again, there's a lot of things about this that I'm in the dark about because, sure. like I said, I'm not, like, dug into it as an NFL fan. Um. So yeah, this is good for me because I, I I get some I get some clarity on a couple of things that are there for <laughs> yeah, sure. But. I'm sure I'm gonna get some pushback on all of this. <laughs> I'm probably sure some we, within my own family. Oh, we probably both will. I don't <laughs> doubt for one reason or another. But that's what this it's is okay. for, which yep. I love. Which I love. But yeah. anyway, guys, I think we're over a, a little bit here, so we're gonna just go ahead and leave you with that. Uh, catch us next time. Uh, we'll be back next week with. Probably something a little lighter. We'll, we'll go with something a little lighter. We've had some heavy-handed stuff here yeah. the past couple of weeks. <laughs> so we'll lighten it up and uh, do something ridiculous for you all. But thanks for listening. And uh, do you have an action step for us this week? Uh, you can go follow our Instagram. There we still go. don't know what we're doing there. Yes. yes At TTWS it. Podcast. That'd yes, be great. Yes. We'd all appreciate right. it. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.